Matthew's Gospel, chapter 5, beginning to read at verse 1. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for in the same way they persecute the prophets who were before you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray together. Lord God, we give thanks for scripture this morning, the the blessing that it is on us. We pray that we would know that blessing for our lives, for we ask in your mighty name. Amen. As Simon mentioned, we are looking at the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5, the the longest section of teachings combined together found anywhere across the Gospels. Uh, And the Beatitudes form our initial few verses. So my encouragement is that the Beatitudes will help us to to frame the whole time that we're looking at the Sermon on the Mount, and maybe they will make us see them in a different type of way. Jesus has been gathering disciples around himself. Crowds have been gathering. He's been healing many. And then he leads them to this place. And these series of teachings happen, possibly the most epic sermon series of all time. But I was going back to them. And if you think about them in the most common way, you may well end up tying yourselves in knots. I heard someone describe them as the be happy attitudes. Have you ever heard of that? The word blessed um, is difficult to translate, but you can translate it either as blessed or happy. They are the same word, and sometimes that can be useful. Um, Happy are they that... um, And that's how each of those sentences start. I remember when I was learning Greek, my my tutor had this very refined North Carolina accent, uh, and I won't uh, reproduce it, but he'd always talk happy, happy. Uh, And he always sort of um, focused in on that word, and, you know, where is that blessing? Where is that happiness come from? In one way, we could think of them as the be happy attitudes, But I think we'll get to the point when we think actually we're missing out on the fullness 
of what God has for us if we see them as these, what do I do in order to feel a bit happier? Because in some ways, the logic seems to work. Be meek. Be a peacemaker. Be pure in heart. That sounds blessed, right? They sound like good things to do. But be poor in spirit. Be sad. Be persecuted. Doesn't seem to be working. Are these blessed things to do? Are these ways to seek happiness? In some ways it seems to make sense and in some ways it struggles to make sense. I get it. Be happy by not picking fights. But how am I blessed if I'm persecuted? See, we sometimes read these as a list of things um, in order to be blessed a little bit more if we do them a little bit more. But then mourning and persecuted, do we do the opposite from those? It's sort of weird logic, but how are we going to remedy these and put them together? Surely this list that becomes the foundation of the most epic moment of Jesus' teaching should be easier than the logic that I'm putting on it. So my little bombshell to you in this passage is that the Beatitudes aren't a list of instructions. Even though we should do many of them, thinking of them as a list of instructions isn't helpful. They aren't do this in order to know my blessing. That would be our be happy attitudes. Do this to feel better about yourself. Do this for the world to be a little bit better. It's only actually when I understood this that I really unlocked this passage for myself. So let's frame it in a different way. How about this? Think about it like this. The Beatitudes are how God sees the world. This takes a few moments for us to get our heads around, but hopefully if we're able to do this, I think we can really see it in a much better way. And there is logic to this as well. I haven't just come up with this as an idea. For any grammar geeks out there, the Beatitudes are not imperatives. They aren't do this in order for this. They're they're called indicatives. They are statements of fact. They're a set of statements of fact about the perspective of God. They are how God sees the world. So this is what I struggled with when I tried to turn this into my own little social action plan, when I tried to work out how to do things a little bit better. Instead, They show us how God sees the world, God's vision for the world, God's vision for his coming kingdom as it breaks into the world. They are not a shopping list of what 
I should do. So I could stand here and tell you, do this. This is what you should do. Be more meek. Be peacemakers. Feed the poor. These are all wonderful things. And I'm not saying you shouldn't do them. But my challenge to you this morning, hopefully we'll see more fruit in the long run. My challenge to you is see the world how God sees it. I found this uh, amazing quote that goes really well with this. It said, We are forever getting confused into thinking that scripture is mainly about what we are supposed to do rather than a picture of who God is. We're forever confused that scripture is mainly about what we're supposed to do rather than a picture of who God is. And this is a prime example. The Beatitudes aren't an instruction manual. They reflect a vision of what the church is and should be as God builds his kingdom on earth unto eternity. So let's reframe it all a little bit. What if we think about it in terms of God's coming kingdom? That kingdom that we'll see in completion at the end times. Posh word for this is eschatology, a perspective that God will bring things all together. So the Beatitudes aren't a set of instructions, but a vision of God, his kingdom breaking into the world. Let's briefly run through them with that um, lens on the passage. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. This is because those who lean on God for their strength, that's where true strength comes from. That's what poorness of spirit is. That's leaning into the strength of God. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Because God is with those who have lost much. He draws alongside them. In this world there will be loss, there will be sadness. But we all come together as we lean into him. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Meekness is so against the way of the world, the way that the world thinks. But if we acknowledge God as our higher authority, duly submitting to the Lordship of Christ, then we will see as God sees. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Because today we only see in part that which we will see in full. We want to see more and more of God. That should be our prayer every day. I want to have more of you, God, in my life. That is thirsting for hunger, hungering and thirsting for righteousness, wanting to see it in this world and not just in the next. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. This isn't a good idea of how to be nice. This is how God 
is. God has shown us mercy. God has ultimately forgiven us by and ultimately shown it through his love for us on the cross. And so we are called to do likewise. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. God is pure. God is undivided. He is good in all that he does. And he calls us to aspire to that as well. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Jesus came among his disciples and said, Peace be with you. He offered them a peace that transcended all understanding and a peace that can extend into all areas of life. So hard to reach into all areas of life, but that is his challenge. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, and blessed are you, uh, peop- you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad for your reward is in heaven. For in the same way that they persecuted the prophets who were before you. God's love is for all those who reflect him. Even when time gets tough. God doesn't change in the tough time. God is completely consistent. And so he calls us to be consistent. He calls us to be a blessing to those around us. Do we get the picture? God has already won the victory. He has shown through the cross and the resurrection that he is in control, that all good things come from him, that he is forming the world in his own image. And it's in this way that we are called to see the world. And the Beatitudes are actually a bit like a manifesto. They are how God sees the world, how God is creating his new vision for the world. They are the breaking in of the truth of the kingdom of God. So yes, we should feed the poor. We should break the chains of injustice. Not because we're making the world just incrementally better in small ways, but because God is reforming it in his own image. And we are being shown a vision of that better world that we are heading to. And this is how Jesus sets up the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. Not just a long, an incredibly long list of things we're called to do, but a challenge to see the world as God sees it. And this is our challenge for us. Will we pray that we see the world as God sees it? Shall we pray together? Lord God, we give thanks for your word, for that great sermon that you gave all those years ago to show those in front of 
Jesus at that time a vision of your coming kingdom. Give us spiritual eyes, we pray, to see the world as you see it, to see your coming kingdom breaking into the world. And we pray that we would be part of that great kingdom plan. We give you thanks and pray all these things in your mighty name. Amen.